Hello, Hashtag Verse TV family, and welcome. It's week 196. I'm Aaron Mack, here with my good friend, Kevin, a.k.a. Basic Complexity. And you can wave hi, friend, and share, subscribe, and share again. Thank you all, absolutely. And for week 196, we decided to switch the numbers around a little bit as far as who does what number. So I will give the number six this week and share that six is significant to me because 96 is the year that the Olympics came to Atlanta. And I, I used to have a hat talking about the 96 Olympics coming to Atlanta, like Atlanta, 96 Olympics, and it was, it was so cool. And especially because, anyway, 96 is also the year that my family moved from upstate New York all the way down to the deepest of the deep south, New Orleans, Louisiana, where I spent the rest of my teen years. Anyway, it's all wonderful. And I will pass it on to Basic Complexity, Kevin, to take it away with our song of the week, the intro to the song segment, and you have the newer song this week, and I have the older song, and I'll go after that. All right. All right. Um, well, first, uh, wow. <laughs> All right, Rodney, once again. Um, gonna go the not brand new, but I say fairly new song. Um, is the song title Never Give Up by the late great Whitney Houston? The song was from Whitney's. Well, uh, as you could see, posthumous uh, album. I'm sorry. No, I, I, you said it correctly. Um, I, I, I struggle with that word too. Posthumous, I think is how they say yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and hey, Darrell, hey, friend, absolutely. Yeah. I just, I just noticed, or technically it's just beyond considered a new song, but we'll still go with it this way. Um, It was from, like I said, Winnie's posthumous 2012 album, Title I Will Always Love You, the best of Whitney Houston is one of two previously unreleased tracks. The so this song is clearly a uplifting track and carries a very good message to never give up. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I hate to ask this as if it matters because Whitney Houston is exceptional queen 
of everything always. Just curious, what, because forgive my standum, forgive my lack, of, forgive my ineffective standum. I don't remember that song. And is that from like what era of Whitney Houston vocals was that song? Ooh, the, actually, I don't know. It had to be somewhere between the 90s and 2000s. Okay. And honestly, honestly, Whitney's vocals were exceptional, like all the way through, period. And I do feel, and and I used to say this, and, and I believe this, that from the time of her Just Whitney album and subsequent um, first holiday album, her vocals kind of went down. And I I, I think it's just like in the song, um, I look to, not I look to you, but um, I didn't know my own strength. And she talks about Clive said, come on back and sing girl, you're not meant to break. I do believe that Whitney Houston, after that Christmas album, was kind of like, F it, I, I, I'm not going to sing anymore. And, and and I'm not trying to be funny at all. But, you know, she didn't keep up with her voice the way she had been before. Right. And the I Look To You album is an excellent album. Everything Whitney does is exceptional. I am a stan. Period. That at the end of the sentence. Nevertheless, I I will say that there was a bit of a uh, difference in her vocals there. Anyway, I'm talking too much. All right. (laughs) Now, are are you ready for me to do my older song? Yeah. All right. My older song is coming from none other than, and I, I... she, marvelous, exceptional, she is exceptional, Beyonce, right? Exceptional yeah. vocalist, Beyonce. And her song from 2011, the uh, best thing I never had. And it's so interesting. And it came from Four. Now, Four is one of my favorite Beyonce albums. I'll say, also say that um, Renaissance is now also one of my favorite albums. But Four was like my favorite for a, a while exclusively. Um, her, her others were great though. Anyway, y- y'all get it. But um, it's so interesting though, because when that song was new, the best thing I never had, like that was the song that I would always skip on that album. I, I For me, I, it, it just didn't click with me. And then she made it a video. Well, and I, I, I it was an official single. And I was like, mm, I don't love this song. I, I don't dig it like that. You know, I was like, I just want Beyonce to give me something to groove to and dance to. Although Beyonce also had some great ballads. But best thing I never had, I, I, I just didn't connect with it. Because honestly, I was still in my 20s in 2011, 
And I, I don't want to say that I was sheltered or something. I, I, I think that I experienced life perhaps at a slower um, rate than other people around. And I, uh, all right, yes. And yes, Darrell, Antonio Tremaine, yes, Nippy, he was talking about Whitney. And um, now yes. for the beehive. I hope you're not stinging me because what I'm saying is actually quite positive about my experience with the song overall. Because like I said, when it was new, I was in my 20s and I was, you know, slow to uh, experiencing things. And I, I didn't really connect with it because I didn't really have that experience. But now in my late 30s, about to be 40, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, ugh, ugh. But um, at that age, at this age, I, I, I get it. I get it and I understand best thing I never had. And um, I, there are guys that I've dated in my past that I'm like, thank gosh I dodged the bullet. I'm so <laughs> over you, baby, good looking out. I used to want you so, like, and, and just this past week, I, I've seen about somebody and I was like, I used to want you so bad. I'm so through with that. Because honestly, you turned out to be the best thing I never had. Anyway, I, I, I love that song. I, I love that song. And actually, for the first time, I've added it to my repeat playlist because I love it that much. Anyway, base complexity. Um, we have to name the uh, title. Unless you had a comment about Beyonce, my friend, did you have anything um, special to say about that? Nothing in particular besides the fact that, like you said, this thing never had was from her album Boy, which I thought was excellent. Yeah, no, no. The, the, yeah. that's one of my favorite albums. And like I said, Renaissance is now also um, up there for me. And mm -hmm. um, Darrell Antonio Tremaine said that he's absolutely not trying to sting me. It was all love. So, so that's cool. Thank you, friend. And I, I, <laughs> he said, sing, Aaron. Sing, um, sing somewhere else, right? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But thank you, friend. I appreciate that. All right. So for this week, we have topics of hashtag history, hashtag education, hashtag privilege, hashtag lighting, hashtag preclude, and base complexity. Kevin, are you ready to get this show on the road, my friend? Okay. One nine six. Hashtag history at Ayers 0807 at I am Joshua Woodard at Ryan Kelly Comedy. Hashtag first TV 196 A1. It's February. It's Black History yeah. Month. Yeah. Excuse me? Black History Month. We need a longer month. 
Black History Month, we, we need like a whole be, year. We, we need a, a Black History month. Year. How about Black History Year yeah. for one year? Yeah. And, and, Out of every two years. One year. Honesty moment, I have mixed feelings about Black History Month. For starters, Black History Month is celebrated in the month of February, and although my birthday is in the month of February, it is also the shortest month of the year. Originally, I was going to say that is ironic, but it's not surprising that they gave us the shortest month of the year. Anyways, this is just my personal experience, but when Black History Month was celebrated in schools, the only thing that we did was study black trauma. It usually highlighted the civil rights movement and the murder of our black leaders, and I'm not really a fan of that, especially in school systems. We are more than just slaves. There's a lot of rich black history that I just think was overlooked in the name of highlighting black trauma. My next point of beef. I don't know about y'all, but I'm black 24-7, 365, twice on Sundays, and I can't change it even if I want to. So for me to say that I only celebrate my history one month out of a 12-month year doesn't sit right with me. No one else is going to take our history serious if we do not take our history serious. We barely had any history in the history books to begin with, and now states are still trying to get rid of that. So it is up to us as a people to celebrate our history, not just in the month of February, but throughout the entire year. Again, this is just my two cents on Black History Month because I do genuinely love Black History and Black History Month. But I just hope that this post sheds some light on the fact that we are black 365 days out the year, folks. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget where you come from. Anyways, that's all I have for my rant today. Until we talk again, guys. It's love. This absolute legend right here probably made your childhood awesome. This is Lonnie Johnson. This man got a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering, then a master's degree in nuclear engineering, then got bored while working for NASA designing jet propulsion systems, the stealth bomber, and the nuclear power source for the Galileo mission to Jupiter. And then he decided to make toys. One day, Lonnie was working at home and was trying to create a better version of a heat sink. You know, things you do casually on your days off. But then he hooked up a hose to a sink and accidentally created the first super soaker. But if you think this is the face of the man that can be stopped at creating only one revolutionary toy, you'd be dead wrong. This man decided, what if we take a super soaker and add a bullet to it? But the thing is, we can't have an activated bullet, so we need a deactivated bullet. Wait, what's the word for that called? Oh yeah, it's nerf or nothing. That's right, my man also invented the Nerf gun. So from all of us to you, thank you, Lonnie Johnson. Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown are an absolutely beautiful couple. That at the end of the sentence. And <laughs> yeah, you know, Black History Month being in February, like, and it, it is like, why is that the shortest month of the year? You know, like, and I, I, I didn't really give it a whole lot of thought when I was younger, but it's like, dang, the shortest month of the year. Like there is something to that. And also just like him in Black History Month, if we would have any kind of a Black History Month discussion, it would focus around the trauma of black people. Which brings us to the third guy's video talking about Lonnie Johnson and his amazing inventions of the super soaker gun. And I, I wanted to say Lonnie Johnson is a fellow HBC, he, he didn't go to Howard, but he is a fellow HBCU alum for both his uh, undergraduate and his master's. So yes, Lonnie Johnson. And mm -hmm. It, it, it was very intelligent, of course, he's a genius, to 
make the guns very colorful and to make them obviously not guns. Unfortunately, for some, that that's not good enough. But I'll uh, I, I'll save them. I, I, I have a one sentence. But basic complexity. What do you have to say, my friend? All right. Um, find it kind of going back on what you said. I find it interesting that out of all 12 months of the year, Black History Month is basically the shortest month of the year, which I don't get. Um, and there's only typically 28 days in February, except for a leap year, all right, that'd be 29, but that's neither here nor there. The fact is that February is right between, smack in the middle between January and March. Both of those months have 31 days. So, kind of makes you wonder. <laughs> and yeah, that's all I have. All right. And for my sentence, I will say, I questioned if getting February was actually progress. And now, the system is trying to reverse that with schools not allowed to teach black history. And at this point, everyone and everything gets a history month. Based complexity, your uh, wrap up. Um, yeah, kind of going back on what you said, um, because like everyone and everything gets a history month, but of course, Black History Month will be the shortest of everything. <laughs> See, th that's why you're my co-host, because I did not say that, and I was like, oh, I should have said that, and I'm like, Yes, you better hit it. You better hit the nail on the head. Absolutely. Because, yes. A anyway, anyway. All right. Are you ready for our next topic, my friend? Yeah, let's go. All right. And share, subscribe, and share again. Thank you. Hashtag education at Bolu Okupe. Hashtag first TV 196A. All the drama that's happening in the USA with the whole like, don't say gay, stop teaching our kids about gay stuff in school and stuff. There's a side that's saying like, let's not sexualize children. And I agree with that. Stop teaching kids on attend sex ed stuff. Stop teaching kids on attend like all the kind of like weird stuff. Like let them be kids. That's fine. But now I think where that notion goes a bit too far is when you now start saying like, yeah, well, let's stop um, telling kids that gay people exist because it's, it's perverted and it's sexualizing kids. Teaching kids that they can have, people can have two moms or two dads 
is a, is an LGBT or gay agenda, I think you're a fucking idiot. There's a difference between sexualizing kids and just like educating kids on things that happen around them. We educate kids on everything. We educate kids on maths, English, languages, the world. The fact remains, there are kids who have two dads or two moms. I think people think that that is sexualizing because you see being gay or bisexual as something perverted. Teaching kids about different sexualities is not necessarily inherently sexual because if you think that teaching kids about different sexualities exists is sexual, then like telling your kid that you're straight or you like a woman is sexualizing kids too. The only reason why you have an issue with that is because you still see being gay or being bisexual as something perverted or something wrong. Your kid sees a man and a woman every day. If he sees you with your wife every day, he's seeing a man and a woman together. Why is that not perverted and sexualizing, right? You're a couple, right? So it just, it only becomes an issue when like it's a couple of same sex. Basically, he was just saying it only seems like it's an issue when it's a couple of the same gender. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to say to all of that, um, no, no, no. You were actually going first on that one. Basic complexity, take it away. All right. Um, I can say I fully agree with them to an extent. Um, now, being completely realistic, at some point, we'll, we'll all have to have what is referred to as the talk. <laughs> um, We had that had that conversation with kids in all honesty. Society in general is responsible for sexualizing kids. The way I see it, if it is more if it is more prevalent in the with the heterosexual kids um like seriously some people should just step off of their um step off of um sorry I lost what I was um oh there we go. Um some people should just step off of their soapbox pretty much. Um preaching that gays are sexualizing kids when in all honesty heterosexuals have been doing that for an extremely long time. Um, I personally have not directly had, uh, experience with this, but I've seen multiple times kids being subjected to things that they shouldn't have experienced that early on. Say, 
first, my initial reaction is he is actually a young millennial. He, he's in his 20s, but he's still a millennial. And he is absolutely right. And it's so correct to acknowledge that as far as man with man being as much of a problem as woman with woman, but, and seeing that stuff as sexual, but it's not sexual or curiously less sexual when it's a man and a woman. But that's really just because you think of yourself as normal. normal. <laughs> and yeah, but at this day and age in 2023, gay parents are a very real thing. So teaching kids that some other people also have gay parents is a very real thing. Okay, now I, I will say, hmm, I'm afraid of where we're going, but this is another attempt to, to remove educating our kids on things from the schools. So to be like, we don't say gay bill and stuff like that, an attempt to remove education from schools and it's like wow and um it's just like black history month is real um different human attraction is real and what is the greater good and what is the greater good and why it seems like there is such a movement to remove these facts from the education of the kids. And it's like, it can't just be all about the cats. It can't just always be all about the Benjamins. So like there has to be something else behind it and I don't know what it is. And uh, back to gay, I, I, I remember uh, Hari Kondabolu talking about how some heterosexuals will be like, yeah, gays are okay, but they're just so flamboyant is too flamboyant and he's like heterosexuals are the most flamboyant people Ooh. on the planet like just walking Ooh. around with your kid in public your baby in public is like this is proof of the fact that this that <laughs> i had sex with her you know it's uh he, he used a more um strong term but yeah it's like that's proof of that but we, we don't see that as a problem anyway um but right boom 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 base complexity um you're one and one all right um pretty much i would say just let kids be kids and don't force any sexuality on them, period. <laughs> All right, and I will read uh, Darrell Antonio Tremaine's comment. He said, hetero, it, it's a, right. I know that's right, friend. I know mm -hmm. that's right. It's a heteronormative society that shuns anything that isn't straight facts anything outside of that of 
that vanilla, wait, wait, wait. Anything outside of that vanilla is perverse, taboo, or <laughs> erotic. And I'm sure that has same ties, that has some ties to Christianity. But let me get off my soapbox. Ooh, <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. So that's a very valid point. Oh, right. And for my one sentence, I will say, quote, I'll reiterate, we are all uniquely human, worthy of love and respect. That at the end of the sentence. Basic complexity. Um, did you have any follow-ups before we do our next one? Our next thing? Yeah. Oh, right. And we are on to da 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 da. Hashtag verse TV. I'm Aaron Mack. Kevin, a.k.a. Basic Complexity. Hashtag Verse TV family. Hashtag Verse TV. Hashtag Verse TV family. 196.